Hello, we are on Slightly Sobbing. I am your host, Sensitive Urban Female, and we're in the studio with Deacon Blues. Hey! How's it going, everybody? Um, So, we are talking about adulthood today, and I'm going to go ahead and read off the definition of adulthood from Wikipedia. (laughs) Trusted resource. (laughs) The trusted resource. So, adulthood, per Wikipedia, is Biologically, an adult is a human or other organism that has reached sexual maturity. In human context, the term adult additionally has meaning associated with social and legal concepts. In contrast to a minor, a legal adult is a person who has attained the age of maturity and therefore regarded as an independent, self-sufficient, and responsible person. The typical age of attaining adulthood is 18, although definition may vary by legal rights and country. So... You're all adults, probably, if you're listening to the show, I would assume. Um, but who knows? I mean, I didn't really feel like an adult until, I guess, I still don't really feel like an adult. I, I have to do adult to things, but, <laughs> but I don't feel like an adult yet. Um, and Deacon Blues and I chose this kind of a little bit on a whim, but I think that it kind of goes with everybody's feeling towards being at least a young adult. Um kind of being a little lost as to what that meaning is supposed to be and I don't know if you have older friends too that are kind of in their 30s and 40s and even those people that I talk to don't really they're like I don't know I don't feel like an adult either totally (laughs) but like how like can you explain to me your at least like relationship with adulthood starting I guess when you're technically supposed to be an adult when you're 18 like what what did that look like for you um I think a lot of it for me has to do with like home and defining home and being able to make home for yourself and I guess I felt like I didn't really have a concept of what home was until I put effort into making it for myself and that might have been the like biggest transition to adulthood for me but also that's just me kind of talking out of my ass because I don't really feel like an adult or an expert on adulthood and when I was thinking about it today uh on the like on the bus I was thinking about um what the normal markers of adulthood I guess are um or maybe what baby boomers think the normal markers of adulthood are like I don't know owning property or having children or being in a career and two of those things that I are two of those things are things that I have absolutely no inclination towards so I don't know really how to define adulthood for myself outside of like maybe that feeling of like making home and making community somewhere yeah, I mean, I I can kind of attest to that. I just feel like when I, like, was 18, right, I, like, came right to San Francisco. You did the same thing. Mm-hmm. We both went to, so we both From went Sacramento. to SF State. <laughs> Sac- yeah, and, oh, okay, like, sidebar really quickly. Is everyone so annoying about Lady Bird now to you? Oh, God, so annoying. Well, actually, I think a lot of people have forgotten that I was from Sacramento, but... I don't know, like, everyone knows I'm from Sacramento for some reason, so they're always like, oh, you love Lady Bird, don't you? And I'm like, yes, but get out of here <laughs> there was definitely a solid like two months where people would be like where are you from sacramento whoa ladybird right mm, I bet you went to the thrift town a lot and i was like yeah i did but that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> you're like yes i did and this is a very related to my growing up but not everyone from sacramento felt this way maybe everyone in san francisco that came from sacramento does uh-huh. but get out of here um anyways that sidebar but yeah so like when i came here from sacramento i had no idea what i was doing i was like 
so ready to be on my own and like so ready to be a quote-unquote adult and then I realized very quickly that I was not an adult and I like I never felt like I needed my mom I always felt like I was like super independent in high school and then when I came to college I like called my mom all the time Mm -hmm. like I was like always like mom like eh." like I remember when I came to the dorms I like my mom dropped me off and like we had a pretty strained relationship like when I was like leaving I like was really excited Mm -hmm. to leave and I think that hurt her a lot which sorry mom I love you (laughs) um (laughs) but like at the time I was like 18 and I was just so ready to be out of the house um I was just too I outgrew Sacramento essentially Mm -hmm. but I remember the minute she left I like started sobbing and I like don't think I've ever cried my like when my mom left me Mm. ever up until that like I mean when I was little like a baby but like not from my like young adult life until like I was 18 and then I like started sobbing and it was just such a weird experience where I like realized the emotional attachment I had to my mom and I don't think I had really recognized that until that point and then that was kind of like a big growing adult experience for me because it kind of like put me back a few steps, you know? Like I was like, oh, I'm not as adult as I think I am. Yeah, definitely. I feel that. Mine got delayed a little bit. I feel like Mm -hmm. that didn't happen for me quite until my mom moved to Virginia. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do without this like anchor here? Um, And and maybe that was when I kind of started to feel the like push to adulthood, which I think was like two years ago now. Yeah. Um. But why yeah. do you think that why do you think that is do you think it's because it, it was like the distance that was like kind of too in your face about it or do you think it's because you like had a better relationship maybe with your mom like before she moved to virginia than you did before you moved to san francisco actually I guess. or yeah kind of the yeah same? It, i did have a better relationship with her in the like past handful of years than i did like when i was in high school and everything totally. and so like losing her in that sense um you know I got to like grow into my relationship with her and I've described that to my to my friends as like my relationship with her as an adult but um I I really don't think my relationship with her as an adult started until after she moved to Virginia but it was sort of like the double whammy of like losing the geographical home my like childhood Mm -hmm. home of sacramento and like losing my proximity to her at the same time that was like well we guess we got to do it here now yeah here's your entire growing up in one big blow yeah one big blow i don't even think that's (laughs) the correct terminology fell Um, swoop is that the swoop there we go one big blow (laughs) um but yeah that's like so interesting because i feel like at least as a young adult and i think that a lot of people can relate to this you feel like you're way more mature than you are when you turn 18 just because it's like fed into your mind that you're supposed to be an adult when you're 18 but i don't really feel like you're at least i mean i was like some like i was like 80 percent financially independent you know like mm-hmm. the school was helping me pay for stuff and like whatever because right. of financial aid but i just don't really like it was like a big like blow <laughs> Why do we keep saying that? (laughs) It was like a big like kind of wake up call when I did graduate and it was like like a step in the more adult direction, I guess. Um, But we can kind of talk about that in our current states after uh, this music break. What you guys heard earlier was Too Young to Burn by Sunny and the Sunsets and 1234 by Feist. Those are both songs that I kind of listen to when I am trying to be nostalgic and youthful, I guess. <laughs> um, but up next is Adult Mom, uh, Be Your Own 3AM. 
And uh, yeah, I hope you are enjoying the show. This is Slightly Sobbing on BFF.fm. I am Sensitive Urban Female. We are graced with the presence of the lovely Deacon Blues. And I hope that you guys are having a great morning. It's 4 a.m., so better be awake.
are back. You are listening to Slightly Sobbing on BFF.fm. I am Taco Princess, and we are in the house with Deacon Blues. Say hi, Deacon Blues. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, ooh, that was a little sharp. Sorry, guys. So we were talking about um, kind of like milestones where we did feel like an adult, and like we were we were having a little bit of trouble pinpointing them. Um, Deacon Blues was talking a little bit about kind of movie plots. Yeah. Do you want to kind of take it away? Yeah. Um, one, uh, there's like an 80s movie. I think it's St. Almost Fire, but I might be misremembering it, confusing it with a different John Hughes movie. Um, but I don't remember the plot of the majority of the movie, but at the end, um, the girl who's kind of at the center of it, uh, she's in her own house for the first time. I think they've been like painting the walls all day and everything. Um, and it's like two or three in the morning or something like that. And she goes and makes herself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, and says something very, very poignant about how, um, that was like the moment she knew she was an adult was like having the agency to be able to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in her (laughs) own house at three in the morning. Um, and when I was thinking about adulthood today, I was like, gosh, like, what what are those moments for me? And I feel like I've always been waiting for that like poignant movie peanut butter and jelly sandwich moment. And um, it just hasn't it just hasn't come I to don't fruition. Know. Maybe it's been there. Maybe they've faded out. Do you have any? I mean, so I like no nothing like where I'm like, oh, I'm a full adult. Well, actually, I take it back. I do take it back. Um, the and this is kind of I think stylized because of the way that our society is built so i guess like different milestones kind of make me feel like an adult like it's like whoa i don't know what the heck's happening anymore like when did this when did i become this person which is good and bad um but i remember when i got the apartment with kyle who's my partner we got this apartment and we were like laying on the floor in our soon-to-be bedroom just like in this empty uh apartment in oakland and i was like wow, I'm really nervous. Like, this is very scary. I'm moving in with a partner. I'd never done it before. I'd never lived with any significant other. I mean, like, to be honest, I'd never really had a significant other where I even felt like I do with Kyle, which is, like, you know, very nice. Aw, everyone's gonna aw. Um, just kidding. There's a flashing sign in the studio. Um, (laughs) But anyways, I was like, okay, like, this makes me feel like at least stereotypically like an adult like i am making a move where my partner is my other roommate like i'm not like this is like as close to living alone as i'm probably gonna get unless like we break up which you know could happen whatever sorry kyle um (laughs) like i'm just saying you don't know what the future holds but like I'd, i'd like to not do that but if i did i guess i would live alone and like that'd be you know kind of the same feeling where it's like you're on your own this is your like life and you're not really sharing it with other people except for like your significant other but it's kind of different than sharing it with friends like i guess like my immaturity not immaturity like just my youthfulness i feel like kind of left once i like moved in with kyle because it was like the end of an era like i i had been sharing rooms with girls and like houses with other girls and guys actually um oh yeah one time i lived with like three dudes that was weird um that was a very two month period um (laughs) in between sublets still love them though they called it the lady shack because it was inherited from girls which was my other group of friends but Mm -hmm. i don't know where i'm going with this tangent (laughs) but 
the moral of the story is I was with a bunch of, you know, friends up until the point where I moved in with Kyle. And it was kind of like a bittersweet thing where I was like really excited to open the new chapter, but it was a little sad because I wasn't going to be ever living with just like a specific group of friends ever again, um, at least for the time being. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like one of the, whoa, I'm an adult. And then sometimes when I have to pay my bills, I'm like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I don't want to do this. I'm an adult. But you got And like making appointments, like just very annoying little things make me feel like I... It's like not as cool and like momentous as like, yes, I'm, I have my own agency. I'm making the sandwich in my own house. It's like, I have to be the stupid fucking bill. (laughs) No, I I totally agree with you on the like day-to-day things, like the banalities, but sometimes those make me feel really good as an adult too. Like the other day I like made like three new patient appointments in one day, Mm -hmm. which is a lot, um, a lot of being on hold. But oh my gosh. getting all of it done and saying, like, I'm, you know, taking control and I'm also in a place in my life where I have, like, health care and I know that I should be using this health care and using it to figure out things in my life and make my life better in ways that I can. That was, like, a, you know, a really powerful and poignant adult moment, too. So I, I, I definitely feel you that, like, the, the banalities and the irritating things a lot of the time make me feel pretty like gross and worn down and they just like make me mad it's just like why do i have to like it's like no one's gonna take it this is like another thing where i like really started respecting my mom because i'm like if i'm having this much trouble like doing things for myself and getting this stressed out like how did she do this for herself and like for other people like i don't understand and like I was, like, weirdly resentful of my mom just because, you know, every daughter is, like, or anybody is, like, with their family at least a little bit because you don't understand the full impact that they have on you while you're growing up. So when I had to, like, start taking care of myself, like, fully, I was like, wow, I'm, like, I have this incredible new respect for my mom that, like, I should have had the entire time. I just didn't she just took care such good care of me without me knowing that like once I had to do it for myself it was like very like okay (laughs) I can I can do this but also I'm so I'm like floored at how impressive my mom is oh yeah so go mom this entire show is just gonna be about our moms yeah (laughs) (laughs) because you know that's our model of adulthood right yeah and it's like and it's so weird to think that it's shifted so much at least for me I don't Mm -hmm. know like I don't know about you I'm sure that you and your mom like had it like a, you guys had a pretty close relationship mm-hmm. growing up but it's just gotten that back much forth. yeah that's yeah. gotten that much better um yeah. but anyways we'll come back and maybe we'll talk about i don't know adult things yeah no. like x-rated stuff just kidding <laughs> not x-rated stuff <laughs> that was a bad content. joke <laughs> we're actually gonna change this into a adult content show anyways okay i'm sorry i'm done with my (laughs) my jokes um up next we're gonna listen to fourth wanderers ages ago greyhound by kississippi and young by frankie cosmos and the young by frankie cosmos is titled young because she is very young or they are very young i'm not sure their pronouns we'll just go with they um but anyways thanks for listening this is slightly sobbing on bff.fm i hope you guys have are having have and are having a great morning Thanks for tuning in.
Hello and welcome back to Slightly Sobbing. This is Sensitive Urban Female and we are in the studio with Ms. Deacon Blues. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are talking about adulthood today, um, which is very fun because guess what? I'm an adult and nope. you're an adult. No, don't push that on <laughs> me. We are all adults <laughs> according to the Wikipedia definition. If you're just tuning in with us here today, um, we are going off kind of the ways that society views adulthood versus how it actually pans out, which I think we should actually touch on next. But Deacon Blues has a question for the audience slash me. So let's go ahead and delve into that. Yeah, I wanted to ask who your models of adulthood were. We talked about our moms being models in that way for us. But if you had any other ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, which we all we, we talked about this before. Don't worry, guys. Um, my main like at least work and like friend role model is probably stephanie escoto who you both uh, mm-hmm. who we both know um she's a badass she house manages the chapel here in san francisco she's so positive and so funny and just fun and she can really make a room be comfortable which i find like very um influential to me and the best thing about it is is she's kind of similar to i i would think deacon blues and i where we're kind of anxious energy mm-hmm. but she knows how to rein it in and no one notices that she's like stressing out which is like such an admirable quality mm-hmm. um and i really like hope to exude that kind of positivity and just kind of like control of situations as much as she does mm-hmm. i think a lot of it too breaks down to her being an incredibly empathetic person and i think most of the people that i see as like adult role models are people that are incredibly empathetic mm-hmm. and like good listeners um just in that she's like so able to like read people and read energies totally. so well and she uh-huh. like and if you do come to her with a problem she completely you know can resonate with you like Mm -hmm. she knows exactly what to say and kind of even if she doesn't she's like okay well if you need anything like that is so important like someone that just is there for you and like will be there for you if you need any advice or help or anything Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that like you kind of hit the nail on the head where i think the most important quality in an adult is kind of your growing into your empathy almost and communication skills like oh my gosh Uh, i was such a bad communicator earlier in adult uh, young adulthood (laughs) honestly like the whole ghosting thing i feel like is such a immature way to go about things and like even with friendships it's not even just relationships i feel like a lot of people just don't know how to communicate their feelings and it's just so much easier just to like write it off and not talk to somebody but i think a lot of that gets down to like trust issues too though yeah you know when you're going through a hard time knowing that you can like tell someone that you're having a hard time and say that you need some space and understand that the relationship is still going to be there after that yeah whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship that's a really hard thing to do until you do it i large handful of times so that's true yeah and i mean as you grow into the person you're supposed to be or like maybe you don't grow into the person you're supposed to be it's kind of like how it ends up essentially mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know who, who who else do you think is um someone that you are um who your role model is that's an adult hmm. actually I would have to like think about that for a little bit longer because stephanie was such a big one <laughs> in my life you kind of you, you'd picked you picked my big answer professionally for sure i think at least when i was in academia there were two people who were really really important to me personally and i know that like 
it kind of depends on like your relationship with uh, your major and stuff but I was in or I'm I yeah I graduated with a Becca degree which is broadcasting electronic communication arts and guess what that's how I know how to talk into a microphone mm. it's the only thing I learned in college and just that's kidding why I don't gender <laughs> studies <laughs> wait this is great though <laughs> gender studies I think okay we, we'll delve yeah, into we'll that in a second we'll but um my two professors that I was really really um influenced by was uh Professor Camacho who is this like mm, really definitely. amazing uh lady who is like very badass very unapologetic and like so so smart like knows how to explain things in a very very uh clear way to anybody which i think is really important when you are especially a college professor because people are on such different learning um levels i feel like in college um which doesn't really seem to be uh thought as but since people are doing different majors if you have one class you have to think about how they learn in different um aspects i guess but Mm -hmm. Anyways, they she was just so like enthusiastic about the things she was teaching too, and she really, really cared about if people learned the subject matter if they put in the time. Totally. So she totally taught me how to be like a determined learner, which I don't really think I was, um, or at least felt like I was because I didn't really feel smart until certain classes that people made me feel, um, you know, up to par with society i guess Mm -hmm. um and that's you know personal issues and stuff but i think she was a really really big important part and then uh jeff jacoby who is the radio professor um who everybody knows if they are any what or any any familiar if they have any there we go (laughs) if they have any familiarity with uh broadcasting they probably know jeff but jeff is one of those people that really listens he's like the most empathetic listener i've actually ever met he is probably the first professor that actually took an interest in me and any other students that i like could uh look like see into Mm -hmm. um he like the first time we all hung out he used to come out and like drink with us which was so cool too because he like treated us like people which is like sometimes hard for professors because they want to you know appear professional or be a professional which is fine um but he wasn't like that which was really beneficial for me at least and he took an interest in me and it made me feel like special for the first time where someone's like older who's taking interest in me and kind of like trying to learn what me and my fellow students were all about which I think is really important I think that you should always try to learn from anybody you work with which you know teacher student relationship that's a working relationship friendships are working relationships anybody that you are in a relationship with you need to try to get to know them and I think that that is a really important um, thing that a lot of people don't really get because we're so not self-involved. I mean, but like humankind is self-involved, you know, you kind yeah. of only think about your struggles and your problems on a day-to-day basis while you're, you know, not interacting with other people. But the way that you can kind of break that trend and like get rid of your anxiety, at least from my experiences, talking to other people about those experiences and then kind of like reverbing off each other yeah yeah seeing, seeing yourself reflected in other people's experiences and knowing that there's like community solidarity and yes. that yeah totally community mm-hmm. yes it's interesting that you mention professors as like adult role models mm-hmm. for you because i actually feel like a big part of my growing up was learning to not put professors specifically on a pedestal yeah and a lot of the people around me and a lot of the people that i view or might have previously viewed as like traditional role models mm-hmm. um and learning to see them as like more human that was like a really big part of i guess i consider my transition into adulthood which is yeah. still continuing um 
so yeah, it, it's funny because as you were talking about like professors and how they've inspired you and like that role model relationship, I was like, oh, maybe it was like a bigger deal for me to be able to see them as like flawed, like wonderfully flawed yeah, totally. human individuals. So. Because then you kind of like real, and that's like another thing that I think we kind of touched on earlier in the episode, but where once you get older, you realize everybody is like kind of not knowing what they're doing. <laughs> like yeah. being an adult Yes, you're like financially responsible for yourself. Like you, you know, have ownership of yourself as a human being, but you're still learning. Like no one is ever done learning. And I think that once you like feel like you're done learning, that's kind of when there's like, that's when there's nothing else to learn, I guess. And that's kind of when, I don't know, I don't want to like be as drastic as saying like your life ends, but it's like, that's where community building stops, in my opinion. And that's why, like, when people are, like, older and they are, like, quote-unquote, stuck in their ways, it's like, okay, well, that's because they stopped talking to people and they stopped trying to hear people. Or people stop listening. Yeah. Sad. Um, You were mentioning uh, when we were on a music break about how you feel like you're, (laughs) like, gonna die, (laughs) like, soon. Why do Um, you feel like that? I don't know. I think it's just a facet of my anxiety, and I was having a very (laughs) serious conversation with my mom about this, because I thought it was indicative of something much larger and more terrible, but I was like, I have grown up always thinking that I was going to die at a young age, Um, and it was just, like, a little, like, thing going on in the back of my head, and, you know, again, like, seeing yourself reflected in other people, the more I started to talk about that, the more that I realized other people experience that, too, um, and that I'm not alone in feeling that way. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that, Did that change as you got older? No, no, I still, there, there'll still be periods where I, like, feel like death is imminent. When did that manifest, do you think? Do you, like, when was the first time you, like, kind of thought... Do you remember, like, any time? That I remember death hanging over my head. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think I can pinpoint that one. Or I, I guess more clearly, but I don't think I've ever tried. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I guess, like, has, have this, has, has this happened to you where you're kind of talking to, like, somebody in an older generation, like, older, like, you know, 70 plus, and they just always talk about death. Like, oh, oh when I die. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I guess becoming older, you, like, become more comfortable with that. But it makes me, like, like physically anxious when someone brings that up. Because I'm like, I don't want you to die. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Although, I think, like, losing people in your life, too, and, like, gaining acceptance with that. I mean, it's maybe, like, why we see older people do that so often. Is yeah. that you have to, like, learn to accept, like, loss in that way. In that, like, major, like, point blank way. Yeah, totally, actually. That makes um, a lot of sense. And then it gets to be, you know, kind of more of a celebratory thing. Like, again, looking at, like, the other side of the coin that, you know, we were talking about with something else before. Oh, with, like, the the banalities of, like, making doctor's appointments and pain bills of, like, you know, yeah, it, like, grinds you down to have to lose people and to have loss in any form. But the other side of it is that maybe it makes you more grateful for what you do experience. Yeah, Um, I guess. uh, Yeah. No, no, keep going. Sorry. I, I think it's, I just, I think it's fun, and it's kind of funny when people talk about death in a like very like present way. Um, yeah. But it, I don't, I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on why I like think that like 
talking about death in a happy way is an okay thing to do. Well, no, it's totally an okay thing to do. And I think that the reason, at least in my opinion, that it is an okay thing to do is because it's going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like the one, like everyone, if you're alive, is born. Everyone that is alive is going to die. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things that are very common with every single person in the entire world. And if you can't laugh at that and like kind of just be like lighthearted about it, then it's going to be very scary like your entire life because you're just going to wait for that moment until you or somebody else that you you know have an attachment to dies and like i think that you mentioned like oh like you know it's a celebratory thing when like people or it should be a celebratory thing when people die because you know like celebrating their life you can't like dwell on the dead um and i've never really been i don't know like i don't know if i haven't um been I've, I've had people that I really care about die, but, like, I've never really, like, I've never been, like, super sad about it after. Like, I've never dwelled on it after because it's it seems like it's, it's good to remember people, in my opinion. Like, obviously, you should remember them and celebrate them. But, like, being sad about it, it's not going to do you any good, you know? It's, like, and maybe that's because I haven't really lost somebody that I'm, like, very, very close to. I've, like, lost people that I've, like, loved, you know, but not, like, that I'm very, very close to. And I think that... I guess becoming an adult thinking about that more is like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> why aren't I more sad about those types of things? Um, which is kind of a weird reflective thing um, when you're talking about, you know, life and death and becoming an adult and changing over to from a child to adulthood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah. I mean, we're not really taught to like hold on to grief. I, mm-hmm. So I just lost my childhood dog. I guess that, oh, that was a big adulthood marker oh for me because that was you know, I lost my, like, home in Sacramento, my mom moved to the other coast, mm-hmm. and then uh, about a year and a half later, my childhood dog died. Oh my god. Um, and so sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, gonna cry about the dog. I'm, like, I don't cry about any deaths, and I'm, like, <laughs> and sobbing it's, uh, about the dog. Um, but, you know, uh, I had some very good friends who knew that it, that pet grief should be treated as real grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told me to hold on to that grief and to stay with that grief as long as I needed to and everything. And like, it was only through holding on to that grief that I was able to like, let go, un- let go, but then also like uncover what made my dog so meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds silly saying like, my dog, no, but it doesn't. Yeah. And you know, ended up being able to like, write about that and write about like how we remember people and whether or not um people should maybe i'll read it yes. maybe if you're good i've been trying to convince uh deacon blues to read some of their poetry slash writing because it's amazing and i well, want you. you guys all to listen to it <laughs> but anyway sorry keep going um but about like you know whether we should only remember uh lives through their best their most glorious or if it's more meaningful to remember lives through their pain yeah or if it's harmful to remember lives through their pain oh my gosh it's so hard to differentiate that too because especially if someone has died tragically it's like really hard to like celebrate yeah like their happiness you know especially oh gosh now we're like going into a weird pigeonhole but like you know like suicides and things like it's really hard because i know a lot of people have a really um polarized view on it Mm -hmm. but it's that's like the most tragic part in my mind of a suicide it's like people being conflicted about their feelings towards the person like in my my opinion shouldn't shift because if that person was unhappy and they needed to go they needed to go yeah um you shouldn't hold that against them but i agree you know 
it's I get both sides, yeah. um, obviously, because it's not it's not an easy thing. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take a little break. Yeah. I think we're getting a little, <laughs> a little heavy. heavy yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are listening to Slightly Sobbing on BFF.FM. I am Sensitive Urban Female and uh, we are graced with Z Prison, so Deacon Blues. Um, <laughs> yay. And we're going to listen to some OG Death Cup for Cutie because, you know, I love that sad stuff. Um, and we'll be back in just a little bit. So thanks for tuning in. Twisting my stomach into knots That my tongue is tied off My brain's repeating If you've got an impulse, let it out Stay cool 
Well, the landslide. 
Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me make a stand. Just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way Whoa, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Been walking my mind to an easy time My back turned towards the sun Lord knows when the cold wind blows It'll turn your head around well, there's hours of time on the telephone line To talk about things to come Sweet dreams and flying machines In pieces on the ground Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend but I always thought that I'd see you, baby, one more time again now. Thought I'd see you one more time again. There's just a few things coming my way this time around now. Thought I'd see are back on slightly sobbing thank you for all tuning in thank you all for tuning in <laughs> i know how to speak um we are in the studio with deacon blues and they have graciously uh agreed to read one of their amazing pieces um and we'll give the <laughs> it's crazy like I don't think that anybody could hear that actually okay never mind sorry there was like some crazy alien noises like going R2 in the background noise and i'm like where are we going um anyway sorry what if we just transported in that moment it's like, and we are going into the read yeah no we're, we are getting transported into a new space mm-hmm. because we're gonna hear a piece about um sorry i'm now i'm like all sidetracked because of the aliens but a piece about kind of we'll just say adulthood because i i think that you put it in a prettier way so we'll explain it after but uh 
Deacon Blues is going to be reading a beautiful piece right is it significant that you were coming from O'Hare? You know, oh, Illinois, my whole family's from Illinois. Really? I grew up in Evanston. How about you? Oh, oh no, sorry, no, I'm from Sacramento, but we used to visit every summer and some winters too until we didn't anymore, whatever that means. Anyway, you settled into the flight. You really nested, you know? Everything's made of harsh angles and curves meant for different bodies, and you have a practice skill for curling in. It wouldn't have happened if she didn't move over for you. You were running late, like always. She easily could have took the window, and you wouldn't have put up a fight. But she didn't. She saved it, and she smiled, and she welcomed you, and you swapped a few candy wrapper stories and went your own ways. Yours to pr Plastic Cradle and hers to reading some academic paper. I, I don't know, it had a map and subheadings and footnotes. Who knows? On a soft, glowing screen and knitting? You couldn't really tell out of the corner of your eye, and you couldn't bear to look directly because really she was glowing, bright as a screen, blight, minding, blinding moon opal white, and its illuminating pinchy lips and hair all blood orange and navy lace stuck to deep indigo worn pleather, and you're communing a little too hard with those memories, you better give back that way for you didn't sign up for this shit. You knot your scarf tighter and tighter round your neck until your head pops off and you can get some rest. Then you land like it never even all happened. And you're the third to last off the plane, and you pause at the top of the stairs down to the tarmac because the stinging cold kissed your cheeks? No, because some five-year-old's taking ten years to get down, but good for him, holding two hands on the icicle rail. He jumps from the last step, and his shoes light up red as they touch down home. He's home! Anyway, where are you? This airport's the emptiest I've ever seen. wanted you guys to sit with that for a little bit um okay i love it <laughs> <laughs> thank you you are so talented oh. um so yeah i mean like i i said adulthood because we're talking about that but it's obviously way more about that do you want to maybe go into depth about the piece um and why you wrote it and kind of a little bit of background into it yeah sure cool. um i wrote it uh waiting in the airport in Charlottesville, Virginia, this like tiny, tiny little airport where you like walk off of the plane on the stairs, like you're one of the Beatles coming down, landing in the US. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I wrote it like inside, um, waiting for my mom because it's like about an hour drive from her house to the airport and mm -hmm. she's always like running a little bit late to pick me up and stuff <laughs> um so it true was mom sort of fashion what yeah true mom fashion <laughs> um but uh it was just sort of about um being in charlottesville and like knowing that i was with family um but that so much of my family is here in san francisco mm -hmm. and spread all over the earth and that family history goes so much deeper is rooted in so many different places but may have like a shallower definition than like the familial connections I have now and I think that like reconciling those definitions of home is like a huge process of aging for mm -hmm. me um you know I've talked about like losing my childhood home or whatever yeah. um but that like that is maybe like a major part of adulthood for me of like trying to again figure out what home means to me you know that's like such an important topic and i'm actually really really stoked that you brought it up because i didn't think about it in this context but i think it literally worked perfectly because i remember going home at a certain point i think i was still in college and i was in a really lost space in college and i didn't really feel like the um, apartment that i was staying in felt like home but then i went home and everything felt different too and I felt very almost like displaced as a just in my own like head, which was like very disconcerting. And 
I, it's hard to nest in any specific space, you know, but to feel estranged from your actual home and like your act, like, I mean, where Virginia, you said that's where your mom lives. Yeah. Virginia, like Virginia is not your home, but mm-hmm. like your mom's your home. Yeah. But it's still kind of like disconnected because you're in a space that's not um, yours, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. So what like what kind of feelings were you feeling was it kind of like uh i know you said like kind of like reconciling like what your home meant at that point but did you feel a little like lost or scared or anything or were you kind of just like i don't know how these feelings are even feelings (laughs) yeah totally i i i think that like feeling of being lost a little bit was like a big one um also like going quote-unquote home for the holidays and Mm -hmm. not feeling like i was home was like a like scary moment definitely um I think, though, that, like, feeling of, like, being in transit is, like, really jarring, like, physically in transit, like, being on an airplane is, yeah. like, really jarring for anyone, um, and it always, like, brings me back to, like, any moment in life that I've been mm-hmm. in transit, um, whether it is that, like, physical transit of, like, going from one f- geographical location to another or, like, changing and growing, you know, into an adult. Yeah. Um, And I I think that, like, a lot of that poem also was connecting to feelings that I've had about, like, uh, learning how to love as an adult Mm -hmm. um, and, like, learning how love fits into a lot of different relationships and, like, learning to shift my, like, definition of love away from, like, a, like, purely romantic love to understanding, like, how important platonic love is Mm -hmm. and how important familial love is. Um, and like how I I think now maybe you feel similarly, but I think that I connect this idea of thinking that, um, romantic love is the only kind of love Mm -hmm. with, um, a sense of like naivete. Do you like feel the same way? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, even like with relationships, I remember putting so much pressure on them because that's like, I don't know why this is. I think, I don't know if any, if everyone feels like this, but I, I definitely kind of, um, at least think I understand what you're saying, but where I like put so much pressure on myself to be like in love with the partner instead of like putting Mm -hmm. that love into friendships or like my family. And then I think like at a certain point that shifted as I grew older. Um, and now I, I view that like friendship love and like, like family love, like way, almost way more than I do like a partner, like, or at least on the same level, like it's on the same playing field now. And like, I feel so grateful for for when those lines get blurred as opposed to like, that used to be like a really jarring thing, I think. Definitely. And I mean, there's just so much pressure um, to feel like you, I don't know, like that you you should be comfortable. And like, if you're not comfortable in your home, like there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, at least I like put that pressure on myself. I don't even think I got it from other people, but like I'd be home in Sacramento even and I'd be like, I don't feel at home anymore. Like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. like and it's like it was so frustrating to me mm-hmm. almost and i don't know i mean that piece is so good too my favorite part is like about the little kid i was like yes because <laughs> i get it because you're kind of like trying to like almost like distract yourself from your actual feelings at the moment and then you're like never mind i need to go back to this feeling like it stopped like focus on what 
you're thinking mm-hmm. it was actually a funny thing i don't really like kids that much <laughs> uh, and i feel like oh maybe this is a big part of adulthood too but like all of my <laughs> friends have been talking about how their hormones are going off and they love babies Ugh, and they no. think babies are the cutest and i'm like no i can't really get behind that yet they seem like friendly at best <laughs> but i don't want any of them to touch me oh, so <laughs> they're <friendly>. <laughs> <laughs> um but until they start screaming right totally and nobody likes a baby on a plane no absolutely no and that just puts fear in me the entire flight i'm like constantly looking over at it like waiting for it to start yelling when are you gonna explode little one right yeah um oh yeah but i i remember feeling a very like deep and like I don't want to say anger. Anger is maybe a little bit strong, nope, but like irri- I've been there. You irri- can say anger. I think it was maybe more like irritation at this like kid that was taking like a million years to get down these stairs, <laughs> and like anybody else looking at that kid with its like little light up shoes yeah. and you know holding onto the rails, <laughs> and it was like anyone else should have thought that was cute. It was like. F- three days before christmas yeah that, that should have been the cutest thing in the world but i was just standing there like god why won't this child get down already yes and i yeah so i i think that that like was maybe where that was coming from of this like feeling of like not being able to like celebrate my childhood mm-hmm. yet because i haven't gotten enough distance from it totally and also i mean like that frustration i think probably was a little bit fueled too because traveling just sucks yeah well yeah and you're just like why am i here (laughs) at least that's how i feel yeah um but yeah no i mean the distance is like and i i guess we touched on this a little bit but when you are younger you have these like milestones set in your brain that you're supposed to hit Mm -hmm. like you know finding a partner getting married having kids like whatever at least like yeah, yeah the nuclear you know like timeline but i don't know like i've had a hard time um being what's the word just like okay with that and like getting those pressures pushed upon me from other family members or other people's family members like Mm -hmm. and it's just it's such a weird thing that society as a whole at least right now has like this like ideal set that you're supposed to follow and like if you don't follow it you're like abnormal Mm mm-hmm um and that part about adulthood kind of bothers me like i don't think that you should have to hit a milestone to become a a, an adult like like i don't know this is kind of like sidetracked but like when people are like congratulations about getting married it's like i didn't do anything like why are you saying congratulations like i don't know it's not like like I guess it bothers me because I've seen people, you know, graduate college and then get married and they get so much more praise for getting married and it makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like you work on your relationship, yes, and I think it's something to celebrate. But as an individual, I think that you need to celebrate your individual accomplishments more than like a marriage, I guess. I don't know. I think that's maybe me being pessimistic, but... No, I mean, marriage is a weird institution to celebrate anyway. Yeah. And I mean, like, the the phrase congratulations, you write, is, like, so often attributed attributed to, like, when people work and that work is paid off. Too. It's like, I get it. Yeah. Like, you had it's a baby. Like you had sex. Oh, boy. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I think the cradu- congratulation comes when After. your child graduates. Yeah. Or, like, or your child is a human and you have to take care of it and it's still alive. Like, congratulations, right. your baby's still alive. <laughs> That's it. the hard part. I don't get, like, why, you know like having a baby is a congratulatory thing yeah it's like also like good luck it's scary (laughs) it seems very scary yeah that that congratulations a lot of times seems more like congratulations we have the same values yeah exactly oh my gosh yes (laughs) wow you're just putting everything 
into perfect sentences for me that I think. I think your sentences are perfect too. They're very out of order, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. That was a really awesome thank read. Um, would you, you, mm, I don't want to like give your personal Instagram out, but you do post very nice um, pieces on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's more than okay. And it's the same as my DJ name. Sh- so she wouldn't have to do a lot of Googling. <laughs> <Secret>. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys should follow uh, Deacon Blues on Instagram because they put their pieces out and their pictures are also very pretty too, oh, um, that they put their pieces out. But I, I always get really excited when you put a piece in your um, Instagram uh title because i'm like yes something to read i love it <laughs> um do you have any workout um are you um putting any workout in the near future do you think um no a lot of my work kind of gets filtered through academia right mm-hmm. now so like this last semester i hadn't been writing as much like freeform or like poetry stuff and yeah. putting it out on the internet because i was working on my Obviously. thesis yes <laughs> um so uh publishing in that way hasn't been like a big goal for me it's more just like learning to work within that system and do that kind of academic writing well um but maybe on the horizon hopefully i hope to do a reading at some point we'll follow them on instagram because if there's any announcements it'll be there and if they perform i'll post it on slightly sobbing so you can follow it there as well (laughs) um all right so let's transition back into a little bit of music and we'll be back um talking about some more adulty things um but up next is going to be scott street by phoebe bridgers who is my all-time favorite musician currently all-time favorite (laughs) currently Currently. not all time all the time (laughs) we'll see we'll see how it fares over time but uh this one's really good it's about um a mean boy that's older than them and them kind of figuring out themselves so let's let's take a listen shall we (laughs) this is a slightly sobbing on bff.fm i am sensitive urban female and uh we're here with deacon blues and thanks for tuning in Scott Street feeling like a stranger With an open heart, open container I've got a stack of mail and a tall can It's a shower, beer, it's a payment plan There's helicopters over
said, what does that make me?
slightly sobbing we are in the studio with deacon blues hi there hello um we're having a really good time and we're talking about adulthood if you're just tuning in so um thank you for being with us first of all thank you for being here today (laughs) um but the last song we just played was young lion by vampire weekend and that was a pick from deacon blues and the reason that they picked it is very cool so do you want to go ahead and riff off it a little yeah i think um maybe two or three years ago i saw um the story of how that song got written because it's basically just one lyric you take your time young lion Mm -hmm. um and it was either rostam or ezra was in like a fast food restaurant or something like that like looking up the menu very like nervous energy which i am familiar with um (laughs) what what are you talking about (laughs) Um, you know, trying to figure out what they, he wanted to order, couldn't figure it out. Um, a line was building behind him, um, and like was clearly enough putting out this nervous energy that the old man behind him tapped him on the shoulder and went, you take your time, young lion. Um, so I love, I love that refrain. It's so beautiful and it's such a great song. And, you know, that whole album is like, you know, the end of that trilogy, like talking about growing up, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah they started their like albums when they were in college right right totally and that was sort of supposed to be like the final like you know end to the chaos saying mm-hmm. like we're adults now and that's <laughs> the last song in the album and everything and it's this like you let's know the song an album let's and make an adults. album <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that'll make going. us adults now we know it's the secret <laughs> yes um but you know having that song as you know, the last song and saying like sometimes you got to take time to look back and say that you do still have time to take your time. Yeah. Um, I, that's one of the big songs that I always listen to when I feel like I'm getting a little bit too overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with like trying to be an adult and figure out what adulthood means. Um, and I recognize that I need to feel like small again. Sometimes I say, oh, I need to feel small or I want to feel small or I don't feel small enough. And people are like, no, you feel big, blah, 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 be big, be bold. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want to go to the ocean and look at the dogs and feel <laughs> tiny. That's all I want right now. And it's, you know, it's it's remembering that, like, you know, we have time and that we're still growing and that adulthood is a process. That's you don't have to definition. be so quick about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, take your time. Yeah. Be, be the person that you are, like, wanting to be, but you don't have to force it, mm-hmm. which I feel like is is kind of hard, especially when like you i guess are in school or like becoming like a young 20 year old you're like trying to i feel like at least me i was trying to force a lot of stuff 
um and it took me a really long time to just kind of like let it go mm-hmm. and let my person uh, guide me i guess instead of just like being like i have this degree i have the these things why aren't i being successful yeah i'm on a career track kind yeah of. where's my success yeah <laughs> like i have this degree i have all of these things like why don't i have what i need and it's like sometimes what you need is just to like relax yeah i guess chill the fuck out for a second <laughs> my word of wisdom deacon blues is like so eloquent i'm just like just chill <laughs> just be chill, just chill bro. <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think a lot of adulthood is kind of realizing that you're never an adult like you're never going to be fully um formed until you are uh i guess bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier until you're dead so just like keep working on yourself keep uh striving to be a good adult and um i think yeah be empathetic be a good listener and those are the keys to being a good adult keep learning keep an open mind um help others that's like the most important thing i think you can do as an adult is to not uh only focus on yourself is to focus on others because at the end of the day you're not going to remember how much like you benefited from like being anxious about a test you're going to remember that your friends and you went to a really fun show after that test and became better friends um that was really cheesy sorry no Um, that's cute i mean i did bring a john hughes movie into this whole show so very important very important cheesy's good (laughs) but like yeah i mean i think a lot of at least when i was younger and currently like i'm like still like trying to figure it out and I don't think there's any shame in trying to figure it out. And I feel like at least society puts a little bit of pressure and shame on not being figured out, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in today. We had a very good morning with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Deacon Blues mm-hmm. because they saved me. They came super last minute and the show was kick ass. And I know you guys thought so too. So if you guys are interested, stay tuned um, for a couple more songs. Next show's coming on. We're on BFF.FM. Um, we'll be on every Wednesday from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. And Good I know hours. everybody's awake right now. <laughs> so yay. Um, okay. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Deacon Blues. Thank you for reading your piece. It was beautiful. You're beautiful. And uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of Haley Hendricks and Jonathan Richmond to close out the show. So stay tuned for the last few songs. college and I've been doubtful of all that I've dreamed of the brink of my existence essentially is a comedy the gap in my teeth and all that I can cling to the milk is sour shalala ooh ooh shalala ooh shalala ooh ooh shalala the milk is sour with olives on my thumbs and all that I've stuck to and all that I've clung to I fought like a dog This world that I've trusted Has been over and busted And rested by an arbitrary sonogram Shalala, ooh, ooh, shalala, ooh, ooh, shalala, ooh, ooh, shalala, ooh, ooh, shalala.
outside Well, nothing's gonna happen She'll never write a number on a crumpled up napkin She'll never be your ego She'll never be a bandit She'll never get to eat you like your heart's a pomegranate I'm throwing out the milk The olives got old I'm tired of my mind getting heavy with mold I need to start a garden Start a garden in my backyard. I'm gonna start a garden in my backyard. Cause making this song up is just as hard. Cause making this song up is just as hard.
the catamaran has got the drop down on it. When the flat of the land has got the crop down on it. Some things were good before and some things never were. But that summer feeling is gonna haunt you one day in your life. When you and them are hanging around and they don't ignore you When you say what you will and they still adore you Is that not appealing? It's that summer feeling That summer feeling is gonna haunt you one day One more time. 